to this week's History Chat Live. Um, I've been on my travels, so we'll talk about that. Um, I've also been delving into quite a few books and I have been interviewing. So I'm going to tell you all about that today. So welcome. Thank you if you're watching on Instagram or YouTube, live or on the playback. And hello as well if you are listening on the podcast. So um, we've got quite a bit of history today and it's the 1st of December. So happy Advent, everyone, if that's a thing. Um, as usual, let me know if you can hear me okay. Um, and anyone who's buying me a badge on Instagram, very, very grateful. Thank you very much. As you will know, uh, you will be contributing to uh, a better mic for me for Instagram. I'm looking for a lapel mic to do, uh, to, to touch to my phone. Um, if you're on YouTube, you can super chat me and, um, and post a comment. So I thought, because we've got three sessions and t- sessions, Let's go if we call these a session. Uh, we have got three uh, history chat lives until we break for Christmas. Now, I think I mentioned it last week. What I want to do is do a little bit of a 2022 review of the places I have visited. And I did do a little count up, but I can't remember the, um, I can't actually remember the number I've been to. But if I just give you a, a little this is how many places I've been to. And each one, if it's a new place that I've been to, I've put a little dot next to it. So I'm going to tell you about places I've been back to and places that uh, that were brand new to me this year. Um, I have also um, been interviewing this week, which is very exciting. Hello, Rebecca. Happy December. Hi, Jenna. Happy December. Did any of you see my reel yet that I have put on Instagram of my first day of my advent calendars? Anyone who's following me last Christmas will know I have a lot of advent calendars. I only put two on this morning. Um, There are more. There are more to come. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so we're getting into the run up till Christmas. So I've got some ideas um, for presents for you, books wise. Um, I may as well mention now, if you want to gift a subscription to my Substack, that is now a possibility. Um, And in that you can get the the blogs uh, otherwise exclusive to Patreon. Patreon is still the place to be if you want all of the history stuff, which is, of course, patreon.com forward slash British history. Or Harry Potter. (laughs) Excellent. Harry Potter advent calendar. Uh, So, right, let's get into it. Now, what shall I start on? First of all, let me say welcome and thank you to Eileen. She is my newest Patreon member. So um, she will be getting, as soon as, uh, along with all the other patrons, on Sunday, my interview with Helen Carr, who wrote this fantastic book, The Red Prince, um, all about John of Gaunt. Oh, I'm sorry, there's going to be more books on your book list um to come I can see people going no I've already bought so many books you can try and resist you can try uh anyway so yeah so I interviewed um Gab no I haven't opened all of the I haven't got a chocolate one I don't like chocolate advent calendars I have picture ones or you'll see I have um on YouTube you will be able to see because it, it stays um it stays clear but I have a London in snow scene one and I have a Tower of London one which is is not um it's not in this room I'm going to probably move them all into here um and and but my ever my all-time ever ever favorite one which you can 
mm, you can't actually make out on Instagram, is Santa. And each, he, he moves down, basically. He moves down the chimney as you pull out the days on these he's on he sits on little bars there's three bars per level so one two three and then he drops down a level four five six and he drops down the next level you'll you'll love it I'll post it every day and you will be addicted as me and I can't find another one I don't know where I got it and I can't find it so if anyone ever knows um of anyone who's selling them then um share because let's let's spread the joy of the Santa chimney advent calendar um oh Rebecca my daughter bought an advent calendar with small bottles of wine she's already she broke into it for Thanksgiving (laughs) it's all gone it's all gone already I can totally understand and sympathize right Sunday my interview with Helen Carr will go live for patrons uh so members of my Patreon British History Club, which, as I say, is patreon.com forward slash British History. You can join for a fiver. And um, it is an extended version, ad-free, of course. Um, But I was watching it through yesterday because I was doing the final edits. Now, John of Gaunt, how much do you know about John of Gaunt? Because if you're anything like me, and actually most of the people I spoke to before I interviewed Helen... um, he is a man who's familiar, especially if you, I mean, if you've ever looked into Kenilworth Castle as a, for instance, because of the Elizabeth the First links, you will have heard the name John of Gork come up. He's the, um, he's the one from whom Catherine of Aragon gets her English descent back up to Edward III. He is the one, of course, who Henry VII gets his dubious claim to the throne through the Beaufort line, um, through his third, well, mistress then turns third wife, Catherine Swinford. They don't had all the children by the time they were married. Um, He was the proud owner of the Savoy Palace, any of you have heard of the Savoy in London? It is on the site of the Savoy Palace. It was completely destroyed. Well, it was destroyed during the Peasants' Revolt. And there's a very, I probably shouldn't say funny, but there is a very mm, tragically funny, um, it's got, it is a little bit funny, uh, story of how that, um, uh, how that happened. Um, turquoise sunset dream I know a bit about John of Gaunt through Matt Lewis and Nathan Amin oh you mean you haven't got this book yet I do put the links to all the books that I recommend oh in fact I've got one today that I need to do but uh, on my Amazon shop which I can't remember what the I'll tell you what the I mean you're in in no way obliged of course to, to go to my Amazon shop um it's just I thought it'd be helpful when I mention a book to be able to go there and have a look. Um, so I will um, share. I think that's. Oh, do you know what? I'll find it while I'm while I'm still talking. I can I can do two three things at once. Why not? Um, let's. Uh, I've just seen Brian's mentioned History After Dark last night. Uh, thank you to all of you who came to History After Dark last night. For any of you who don't know what History After Dark is, it's where we uh, we hang loose with history. Um, it's still informative, at least I hope it is. And um, and we, uh, but we don't have any barriers. We don't we don't um, shackles. We don't have any 
shackles on the swearing or what we talk about. It does get rather funny. Um, just before I forget though, so it's amazon.co.uk forward slash shop forward slash British history is the, is the Amazon page. So even if you don't buy, I mean, even if you don't buy from there, it's fine. I just didn't, did it. So it doesn't make much money anyway, even if you did, but uh, it's just, I find it nice to be able to send people somewhere so that there's all the books that I'm recommending in one place and you'll find Helen's book there. Um, so yes. Yeah, so if you're a patron, if you're not, come along, come on, it's fun. Um, I have looked at whether people can gift a patron subscription and annoyingly they don't do it. And they even say we don't do gifting, which is a bit annoying. Um, but it's five pounds a month and you get all the interviews early and you get to ask questions of future guests. So you actually get to put forward your question and they get asked. Um, and that's the extended part of the interview. That's the bit that no one else gets to see. Um, uh, so you get it a week early, you get it ad free, you get the extended version and you've already and you get a chance to ask the questions, uh, ask any question of the person I'm interviewing as well. Uh, yeah, History After Dark last night was about, so what we did with a, a game called Lie to Me, if any of you have ever heard of that. So we had six objects, um, photographs of six objects that there were two, we, we basically, the three of us do, does it, myself, Kat Marchant um, from Reading the Past on YouTube and um, uh, uh, Catherine, who is not just the Tudor tracker, and she uh, sorry, we each picked two objects. We sent them to the other two with no explanation whatsoever. And they had to make up a story, plausible, hopefully, about what this object, what these objects were. We then all presented our stories about what these objects were in turn. So one object at, at a time. And uh, anyone watching, uh, we, we stream it on YouTube and Instagram. Anyone watching could uh would guess which one they thought was telling the truth um so so it was how good a actresses we could how good actress we could be actually I really enjoyed making up the stories (laughs) like what can I say that might sound vaguely plausible about something um it was good lots of people who joined us so thank you so much um Yes, so History After Dark was really fun. You can watch it back on uh, on YouTube and Instagram. YouTube, I think, is best for watching things back. Also, it's a lot clearer because we brought up pictures of um, of the objects. It's a bit easier to watch it on that. And that's just History After Dark on uh, on YouTube. So, so that was really, really fun. We've got Gareth Russell coming up on History After Dark, uh, hopefully next week. So join us for that. And then there's is that another one after that and then we break and then history after dark breaks for christmas as well so um get on that get on the had train if you can take it um anyway look out for this anyone who's not a patron you will get to see the interview with helen uh a week on sunday which i can't remember the date is it the 11th or something like that you tell me me and i'll tell you as my mum always says um, it's a really fab interview. So whatever you do or don't know about John of Gaunt, it doesn't like listen to it and you'll be um I think you'll be enthralled with his with his story. So um right, so once again, if you uh if you buy me a um 
what is it now on Instagram? A badge. I think your heart changes colour, by the way. I mean, what more of an incentive do you need? And of course, I will give you a shout out. Um, yeah, and on Instagram, you can you can buy me a super chat. So what was the next thing I've been doing? So Monday, Monday, I, I am going to get onto my list of places I've been as well. But let me tell you about what I've been up to because it's been a good week. Monday, I was interviewing Joanne Paul. So there's here's another book, sorry, House of Dudley. Now, this interview will be out. Why am I focused in Instagram? It's trying to be clever, look. Um, this interview with Joanne Paul will be out in January. Um, and it's all about the house study. Now, I've, I've talked about this book and I've talked about um, Joanne's work quite a lot over the last few weeks. So I won't um, labour it now, but just to tell you that that interview has now been done and will be out in January. And this is a book for your list. I think it's number one at the moment. Have you? I, I don't know if any of you have been on Amazon recently, if that's not a swear word, but um, they've got really big sales on these books. So you, uh, if you want Kindle versions, especially like 99p um, and as you know, if, you, if you're anything like me, I tend to get them in, in multiple versions anyway, because it's not always practical to have a, a book, but um, but then they're good for having on your shelves and referring to later. Hmm. Thank you, Marie. My hair. <laughs> now, uh, so linked to the House of Dudley. So I interviewed Joanne in the morning and then in the afternoon, I went over to the Lord Leicester Hospital. So any of you who, uh, I should start sharing my reels actually as shorts on YouTube as well. So if you follow me on YouTube, you you can uh, have easier access to these. Um, the Lord Leicester Hospital, named such because it was established in uh, 1571 as a hospital by Robert Dudley, Lord Leicester. Um, if any of you saw my story the other day, I shared some of the photos from there. I did a reel yesterday. Um, and guess what? If you're members of my patron, there's uh, there's more, lots more photographs in there. Uh, and it, so it actually utilised the buildings that were already there. He didn't apparently change the buildings very much. So although you can think 1571, they, they date back another couple of hundred years um well there's different buildings on the site and they date back to all different times i am going to release an interview with the master there a lady called heidi mayer uh so i will be doing that soon as well and that will be available for everybody but the lord leicester hospital so it sits on the very edge of the old town of warwick um well the warwick uh, town walls and actually the wall goes around the outside of the garden um, and if you take a look at oh I don't know if I put it on my reel actually I think I put it in my story but there's a door in the in the wall I don't know when the door dates back to but presumably presumably it's very old because it's not very easy to um to uh um to put a doorway in such a big wall um but it's halfway down so you can see how the levels have changed um uh what does Colleen say I love the way the Brits just say hospital instead of the hospital the hospital we go to hosp we go to hospital is that what you mean <laughs> um 
Marie, cannot wait to finally sit with a cuppa tonight and get stuck into the four latest Patreon posts, including the hospital one. Yes, that's a nice way of um, that's a nice way of consuming it. Um, Rebecca, isn't that where Shakespeare and Hathaway have their office? So it was in the film, but I've not seen the film, so I can't. But it's been in loads of films. The Lord Leicester Hospital has been in loads of films. Now, it's hospital as in, hospi- you know, the root of the word is hospitality. So before Robert Dudley um, created it into a, into a hospital and explain what that institution actually was in a moment, uh, there were there was a hostillery um, and... Uh, so a place where people, travellers, could... Oh, TV show, Rebecca. Aha. Um, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm a bishop catching up on TV and films. Um, so you are... Uh, oh, thank you, Colleen, for the badge. Thank you very, very much. Much appreciate it. Um, she... Uh, sorry, so you, 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 it's just inside the west gate of the town. So travellers will come in and you've immediately got somewhere there. They could get some food, um you know, a drink, a sit down, maybe a, a bed for the night. So, so, so you've got hospitality there already. When Robert Dudley um, establishes the hospital, he it's a hospital in term. It's really an almshouse, I suppose. So it's set up for ex-soldiers who are injured or destitute, um, and. In fact, Joanne talks about this. I asked her about this uh, at the end of the interview that we recorded on Monday that's going to be released in January, um, all about what his motivations might have been. Oh, I can see Colleen's heart. It comes with a different colour. Buy a badge, you get a different coloured heart. (laughs) And it helps me buy a new microphone. Um, (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah, so anyway, so you've got, got this hospital that's established by uh, Robert Dudley for ex-soldiers who are destitute or and or injured um and he so he establishes this in 1571 doesn't really change the buildings much um and it's uh so it's so so then it's you're establishing there a brethren I was trying to think what I was going to say next the brethren and um there's still brethren there to this day so continuously from 1571 to 2022 and will carry on there is a brethren living at the Lord Leicester Hospital which is nice isn't it oh so like my um my American but English based mug design today American company English based design um so yeah so I'll get that interview uh, edited together with with the master there Heidi Mayer and um and get that released so that you can see it but yeah so there's brethren there now there's um the chapel there's a chapel there that was the first thing that was there um built over the top of the west gate so if you've seen my photos and I'll share some more of course if you're a patron you'll see lots more um but they they, they built this in 11 I can't think of the the the, the year off the top of my head 11 I want to say 1170 something but I could be making up but it is definitely 12th century uh now that it it is all the whole site is closed at the moment for a renovation so every hundred years or so they've had a massive renovation to try and keep the buildings in working order now this one um will 
once they're finished, it's going to completely improve the um, the visitor experience. So you're going to be able to interpret the building a lot easier. But it also put is they're also very very um, keen, and they putting it at the forefront getting accessibility into the building, which is um, brilliant for an old building because you've got to imagine getting in lifts or something like that for accessibility does mean taking something out of the uh or altering the building in order to do that and they're managing to do that really well so um so accessibility so i'm I, it will be uh, definitely be included in my tours uh not every tour of course but uh, i am looking to include the lord lesser hospital from 2024 in my tours i may even try and if I can squeeze it into September 2023, we've got the Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots tour um, and they will be reopened by then. So if I can possibly squeeze it in, um, I will. But definitely from 2024, if anyone's interested in coming on a tour with me that includes the Lord Leicester Hospital, that will be happening. But yeah, I got to go in. Uh, a lovely lady called Wendy and uh, another lady called Alison Alison who does their social media um, uh, showed me around. It was a full uh, high vis and, and hard hat job, and I I'm really excited. I like to see buildings really stripped back when they're having this sort of thing done, and then to go in, you can appreciate then when you go back and see the finished article just how much work goes into the renovations. It's costing over five million pounds or five million pounds one of the things that is there that I haven't shared yet they, they they've shared it on their Instagram of course and um, and I will share it is this they call it a seal it's in the great hall and this seal was created to commemorate a visit from James the first so Elizabeth the first successor James the first of England um and you always have to say, and James is in Scotland, but he's in England at this point. Anyway, he's visiting and he can't stay at Kenilworth. Uh, so he stays or he well, he can't be yeah, fed at Kenilworth or stay at Kenilworth. I think there'd been a fire at Kenilworth. So he stays at, or he certainly eats anyway, at the Lord Leicester Hospital. Um, and so there's this massive seal. Thank you, Jenna, for the badge. Much appreciated. Thank you. Um, so the, uh, yeah, so there's this massive seal. Now, Heidi says the dimensions in the interview I did with her. I think she said seven foot. Um, and it's it's like this big disc on the wall. Now, this has been covered up since the 1960s behind a, a false wall, a false ceiling, excuse me. They have now cut out the bit of the ceiling that was covering it up so that you can see the seal. Um, and it's really big. It's really big. So uh, that was, oh, thank you, Colleen, another badge. Thank you so much. I think your colour might change. There's something about, I was trying to read the other day, there's something about buying multiple badges and it changes the colour. Oh, something, I'm not sure. Maybe it makes it like go on fire or something. Um, I do need a new mic, Colleen. I do, I know, I do. <laughs> Didn't help. I was a little bit late, I'm afraid, because I'm sorry today, because I'd lost it. Or I'd, no, I'd put it in a different place. Never put things in a different place. Um, so the seal was, was, was incredible. I'm going to share later on some of the, art, um, um, little cute artifacts they've got. Now, a lot of the stuff, um, is either packed away or encased while they're doing the work. 
one of which is the original range cooker that would have been there when Robert Dudley established the hospital. So that was one thing I remember them, them saying is, but it's all it's all behind um, uh, wood. They've kind of boxed everything in, of course. But there's an inkwell with a padlock on it. I'll share that later. There's the seal from Jones the first visit, as I said. And then if any of you saw my story the other day, the ring pull, so the, the door bells, literally the bell. So you have a pull on the outside and it rings a bell just on the inside, which is quite hilarious because I was sort of thinking, well, if you can ring a bell, you could just knock the door. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't ring a bell any further into the into the building than just next to the door. So it's it. But anyway, it's very cute. It still works. Um, so <laughs> I'll reshare that again. That was uh, that was really fun to see. So I had a great day. So that was that was my Monday interviewing Joanne Paul about the House of Dudley and then scooting off to Warwick to the Lord Leicester Hospital. That was a good day. That was a good day. Um, I can see the colourful hearts coming up. How fantastic. Uh, so. One, no, two more books I've got. What should I do? Should I do some of the places that I've been to first? Um, so what I'm proposing to do is because we've got three history chats left, including this one, until I break up for Christmas. I want to do a a bit of a review about where I've been. This is going to be whistle stop tour, okay? Whistle stop tour. Um, yeah, peppered in with things I'm going to be doing still I've still got places to go um this year as well so uh some places I'm having to postpone till next year for certain things that are going on but um there's a lot so um if any and remember as well I've got reels and all sorts of things um about uh on my my Instagram and um I'm gonna say on YouTube I don't think I have of the places I've been let me just see Marie, do we know if stuff like the old stove will also undergo maintenance after the building work is finished off? I don't know if main. I don't know if the. I mean, it will be still remaining in situ. So, what work is needed or not on it in order to keep it? Um, I don't. I don't. It's not going to be used, as far as I'm aware. Um, so, uh, but it's going to be still be there. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There was other, there was one other thing, and I just cannot think what it was, what it was. But anyway, oh, but when I go back, so what I'm what I'm going to do is do a bit of a mashup of it in the middle of its works and completed. So I'm going to try and stand in the same places. Also, of course, it's winter, so things like the garden um, is all is all died back at the moment so that's going to look amazing in the summer in the garden I don't know if any of you picked this up if you watched my reel or saw the story but there's a Norman arch so that's a thousand years old um and then a nylometer next to it which looks like a normal sort of garden ornament and but a nylometer which I didn't know until I looked up um was used in the Nile 2000 years ago to test the depths so I think how I think they worked is they were um in the water and so 
as the water levels dropped, you could see what the levels were. That makes sense? Because they would obviously be submerged or not. So it's it's packed with really, really cool stuff. And I didn't even get to go into the chapel, the uh, 12th century chapel on top of the West Gate. So um, I'll be doing that. So let's have a look at some of the other places I have been this year. So I clearly, I didn't get started till about, God knows, I've written down here, Wells Cathedral is one of the first places I went to. Um, now that was new to me. Wells Cathedral and Glastonbury Abbey I did in a weekend. And um, Wells Cathedral uh, is... Um, Jenna says that's cool it looked like a flower planter it really did look it just looked like a garden ornament didn't it the nylometer um and then you find out what it what it was and it's but it's quite incredible so um uh yeah so I went to Wells Cathedral anyone um anyone been to Wells Cathedral oh chewing gums uh have I ever done the tour of Buckingham Palace yes um a few years ago I was invited to go the day before it opened to the public I think it's it is worth doing it is worth doing um um I don't know if they do it how they're doing it now are they doing it as a conducted tour or can you free flow which is what you could do when I was there um it's but I just remember it being really blingy (laughs) really blingy a bit like if you've been to Windsor some of the rooms at Windsor um are very sparkly very gold um but it's really quite it is quite amazing to see for real some of the rooms that you would have seen on tv or depicted in drama um yeah that is it is quite cool definitely worth doing everything's worth worth doing rebecca loves windsor windsor is i love going to windsor uh, clean <laughs> blingy <laughs> oh blingy um yes indeed blingy sparkly a little bit too much but um it's a palace you you really if you can't go bling in a palace where can you where can you so uh let me pick out a couple of things about wells cathedral though while i think about it so there is the 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 original spring so what i've noticed with traveling around this is hardly something that you know just something I've, I've sort of to piece together in my own head um many of the cathedrals are built on previously sacred places so maybe there was a pagan temple or a roman temple um and water was you know, considered sacred, it's, I mean, it still should be. At Wells, you have the original springs, which give the the place its name as well. Well, <clears throat> um, which you can still see. There's a if you walk into the um, the little gardens, there is a little um, hole in the wall, a little sort of windowless uh, glasses window through the wall, and you can you can see the spring still bubbling away. Uh, in the garden which is which is quite incredible now wells has a really odd looking um uh, 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 transept um i say odd so there there was some problems with the tower and whether or not it would stand up and the remedial works that look really modern but are very old and i can't remember how old but they almost look like um almost looks like a little monster 
to me. They so you have an arch, but they have little circles on the edge, and then exactly the same above, and they're repeated. So around, you know, north, south, west, and and east. Um, so it gives this really incredible sort of different look when you walk in than you'll have seen anywhere else. Of course, the front to Wells Cathedral as well is pretty impressive. And actually, I've just remembered, I took a photo there of one of the statues, um, manspreading. <laughs> Not that I'm accusing men of manspreading, but um, it was just looked funny. It looked really funny. So I'll share that. I'll share that as well. Um, Rebecca says, I love seeing Windsor Castle from the train. Yeah, it, Windsor Castle is, when you come by road as well, you sort of suddenly like, there it is, which is really cool. Um, yeah, chewing gums. Windsor Castle should definitely be on the uh, on your itinerary list. You'll love it. If anyone's coming over to the UK and you just want a hand with your itinerary, I've started doing Zoom calls, just an hour with me on Zoom where we can go through your itinerary and I can suggest places or you know, give you a bit of a sense check on the traveling arrangements, um, which so that we can arrange that if that's going to be helpful. I've already done it for a few people and it was so helpful that I decided to roll it out and make it officially something I do. Um, yeah, so it should be cool. So there was Wells and any of you have seen the film Hot Fuzz? The pub that's in Hot Fuzz is um, a few short steps away from the cathedral. So I ate in there. That was lovely. Glastonbury Glastonbury Abbey is um so it's it's a, it's in ruin but it's really um evocative I, th- I I felt um and it dates back to Anglo-Saxon times um supposedly has had the uh well, it's supposedly the burial place of King Arthur the legendary King Arthur and his queen Guinevere um but they found those remains supposedly uh, just after they'd had a big fire and needed some money, needed to attract pilgrims. So you can decide what you what you reckon, whether you reckon. Oh, my pad's going to try to turn itself off. Um, Chartwell was another place I have uh, only just been there today. I've uh, shared a post about Nancy Astor, who's the first female prime minister uh, prime minister sorry no she wasn't the first uh female mp in parliament and um it's just reminded me because one some of the stories that oh, a couple of the stories that i've i've shared are about her relationship with winston churchill and uh chartwell is winston churchill's house and it is well worth going to absolutely and it's Actually, it feels like a home. It really properly feels like a home, even though it's really quite a big house. Um, and it's expensive to go, though. I was a little bit surprised at just how expensive it's uh, run by the National Trust. Um, so uh, for the price of getting in there, you may as well get a membership, to be frank, and the parking. <laughs> so... Uh, but yes, definitely. It's not far from Hever Castle, so you can combine the two. Um, and he was a prolific painter. So if you, uh, when you go, there is a his studio in the garden, and you can see how inspired he was 
just from the views and the 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 house was bought for him by some friends who raised the money to buy the house because after Churchill uh, was not re-elected he got very despondent I think it's from him we get the term black dog for depression or well, he certainly used it I don't know if he, he coined it and he just wanted to leave England and fine England's done with me I'm done with England we've all been there feeling a bit like that super expensive parking really rubs me the wrong way well you know what I'm like about parking so uh, anywhere with with good parking um do you know I've just found I just thought of somewhere I haven't got on my list no it's it is here it's here somewhere that had great parking was Chepstow Castle just just mentioning it no yeah Chepstow um so so he wanted to sell the house and the uh, his friends got together and bought the house. Um, and so the, the, all the family were allowed to, um, <laughs> were allowed to live there until, um, excuse me, let me just get rid of this person until, uh, until they died. So his wife, um, remained living there and they there was I can't remember at what point it gets given to the National Trust um I'll have to look that up again but it was um one of the provisos was it was returned back to as it would have been during I think it was during the war or or in between the wars but but basically it had to revert back so you get a amazing um feel for what a home would have been like do you know what with lack of technology very nice I have to say (laughs) felt very nice very homely so Chartwell is definitely somewhere I would I would recommend Windsor I've been to we've already spoken a bit about Windsor um now obviously you'll have seen Windsor a lot on the tv um with the Queen obviously being uh having her uh, the funeral service one of them there and her and she's now interred there so you can um see her stone if you go um yeah Windsor Castle is is it's the oldest occupied castle in the world I think um uh and most of the monarchs have had a mark on it so you can go and you can see the um you wouldn't know it from walking on it but you can see the um what do they call it uh sort of range that well you can see the range that elizabeth I had built but on the front of that there is a can't think what the word is but an outdoor walkway that feels pretty well it is solid now but that would have been originally a um I think Henry VIII put it there to to look over the hunting grounds of Windsor. Um, and it's since been replaced with stone, of course. Um, chewing gums, have you ever considered going on Mastermind? I think it's still running and I think you'd be amazing at it. Your knowledge is top notch. <laughs> About parking places specifically. or <laughs> Well, thank you very much. It's amazing what sticks. I probably forget as much as I, uh, more than I remember, but so um, not far from Windsor Castle is Runnymede. So I was really fortunate because I went to, um, to Windsor and 
Runnymede with a lovely couple called Linda and Jeff who were on tour with me in May, the Amberlynn tour, which we do every May. Um, and But beforehand, I had two days with them and we did Windsor and we did Runnymede. Um, Runnymede is where Magna Carta was first sealed. So Magna Carta is sealed in a muddy field and it can still be really muddy, um, which uh, is supposedly in between, I mean, in between where the uh, where King John was at Windsor and where the barons had taken hold in the city of London. Um, so whatever, but it's supposed to have been a, uh, it's not equidistance, but it's supposed to have been a place of parley for already you know is already established as a place of parlay now one of the reasons as i understand it is because it was boggy this is not a place where you would choose to have a battle or a fight so the the i suppose the logic being we can meet maybe have a fracas verbally we're not going to get into fisticuffs or a full on pitch battle um because the ground is just going to mean that we all end up it's too risky for either side, so we're not going to do it. So you can still go to Runnymede. It's got a bloody road going through the middle of it, which makes it rather noisy. Um, but it is it is there. Um, and up until the um, 800, let me think, what would it have been? Yeah, 800-year anniversary in 2015, the only actual monuments on the site that had anything to do with Magna Carta were erected it was erected by the american bar association so um i think over there in the, in the u.s um magna carta is much better known um revered and maybe understood than it is even in the uk today um so it's a little bit embarrassing really to get to 800 the 800th anniversary and the american bar association are re um what do you call it when it's not re? I mean, clearly it's not reconsecrated, but they're rededicating the monument, and uh, and we still didn't have anything. Anyway, so there's two now. Um, there's an installation of um, bronze seats, <laughs> uh, which it's it's great because it's like an interactive, um, not interactive in terms of technology, in terms of you can touch them, sit on them, and they depict different things that are linked to um, Magna Carta and its um, sort of famous elements, which you can go into arguing whether or not it actually meant to uh, meant to be for that reason. Um, so there's that, and then there's a beautiful one that's since been put in and uh it's made the outside so it's in a circle let me try and explain it and you go in and we were there on quite a warm day so it was really cool inside and you walk in and you can go left or right it takes you around the edge of the circle and then you can come in to a center it's covered over except for in the centre, so you now open to the elements, and there is a pool in the middle with um, two, one or two, I'm not quite sure, of the um, clauses from Magna Carta um, embossed. Mm, I, just, I don't know my technical terms. Uh, 
in in the metal. So this pool in the middle is metal lined, made of metal, and uh, and the the inscription is of this clause is stamped into it so that in the water it reads the right way. It's incredibly tranquil and um, just really, really beautiful. Um, does anything change with the rededication? No, I don't think so. I think they just have another big ceremony. It's all really quite cool and people get to drink champagne if you're invited. Um, also, is Balmoral going to be turned into a museum after all by uh, uh, talking about stuff you can visit? I don't know. Have you? Has anyone heard that Balmoral is going to be turned into a museum? I don't know. I I mean, it's obviously clearly uh, was a major favourite place of the Queen. Maybe we can ask uh, Gareth next week if he knows anything because he's he's rather he's rather good at royal um, commentary as well. So maybe we can ask him on history after dark. So yeah, so Runnymede, I, I think it's worth going to see um, just to be in that spot where such a momentous occasion happened. Now, if any of you've watched my um, Magna Carta videos, um, then you, you will have heard this before. If you haven't, then then go and ha- go, do go and have a look on YouTube for my Magna Carta um, yeah, uh, videos, which I recorded um, mainly at, at Runnymede as well. But the... The the way Magna Carta was created, so it, it started off with the article of the barons, which you can see um, in the British Library. It's usually on permanent display um, unless they're doing something with it. And you uh, and, and so the idea is this was this was for, for, for this is the demands of the barons. This is what the barons want King John to um, to comply with, to sign up to. Um, no, I don't know anything about that, Marie, actually. We shall ask. We shall find out. Um, and, of course, King John says no. Now, the diff- now, charters were not unique. This, this charter is not unique in terms of it existing as a charter. Kings would issue a charter of, this is what I'll do for you, this is what you'll do for, you know, this is what I expect in return, Um but that there is a it, that, but there is an understanding that it is an arrangement by um by sort of authority by but the gift of you know the 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 barons or whatever that, that there is a reciprocal arrangement with that no one signing up to a tyranny including the king themselves so the king would issue a charter with sort of this in this understanding um also always um uh respecting the church as a separate entity anyway which which appears in magna carta as well um might even be the first clause so um so you have this article of the barons so the barons have got their list of demands so this is different this is different this is not the king um at the start of his reign issuing a sort of a charter that says yeah I'm here and I'm going to do my best for you and in return I expect these things um so it's different it's putting the king on the spot and of course the the whole um the whole history around Magna Carta and what's happening at the time is is long and and complex but um but they um 
so they send these systematic so of course they then amend them the king amends them sends them back amend them send them back so this is what's called shuttle diplomacy where you've got this like basically back and forth um Rebecca says, in the US, we learn about Magna Carta as a forerunner of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Whereas our Prime Minister, past Prime Minister David Cameron, was asked what Magna Carta was. I didn't seem to know, which I'm quite surprised about because he had a private education. You'd have thought someone's going to have mentioned it to someone who might be a future Prime Minister. Clearly not. Um, So... So you have this shuttle diplomacy. Now, it's not the, the Magna Carta that we get, the first um, issue, if you like, it's not called an issue, uh, is not really complete. So they were supposed to have uh, 25, I think it was, people uh, named that would hold the king to account, that were allowed to hold the king to account. It gets, it gets sealed without those names on it. Um so it's not finished. And my my view wasn't there, so can't be sure. But my conjecture, my, uh, I don't know, whatever, gossip about the situation, I can just imagine him just going, oh, that's it. That's it. Put my seal on it. Done. Because he had no intention of sticking with it anyway. And that's the truth of Magna Carta is it's created and the king has no intention of sticking to it he immediately contacts the pope <laughs> by letter carrier pigeon maybe um that um to get him out of it he's already subservient to the pope um his pope the pope is his overlord um and he so the pope issues a declaration it is um effectively annulled by august i can't remember the date uh saying this is evil, no one should abide by it, blah, 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 blah. The thing that saves Magna Carta is John dying. Oh, that reminds me about something else I'm going to tell you about. Anyway, I'll come back to that. Um, John dies and he leaves um, a young son, um, Henry. And the, the so he's, he he can't rule on his own. He has some rather clever advisors and I can't remember the name of the other guy but William Marshall who uh, is 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 one who I, I would love to cover on a historian interview soon actually and I, I need I'm going to find someone to talk to me about uh, William Marshall because he's pivotal um is, is, William Marshall for anyone who doesn't know he's he's sort of got this um subouquet of being the the greatest knight now he actually became a knight he, he lived during a time where knights were it wasn't defined what a knight was. Chivalry wasn't defined. It wasn't. It didn't exist. This developed during William Marshall's lifetime. The use of banners, which then became the use of crests and badges um, and arms, all came into being during William Marshall's time. Anyway, that's by the by. But William Marshall is one of the um, men who is looking after the new um, young king. And their idea is, let's reissue Magna Carta but we do it this time in the in the um you know in in the guise of the, all the previous ones this is what we should do the king comes to the throne the king issues a charter we take back control but we're but we're using the the Magna Carta so that 
we're appeasing the barons basically. So um anyway, so that's Runnymede. Really <laughs> See, it's a, it's a cool place. It's a cool place to go. Now, the the death of King John reminded me of another book. Have you got your pen and paper ready? So this is one I've just come across. I've just come across this lady, Susie Edge. She has a fabulous podcast. Like you'll you'll love it. You'll love it. And um, and she has this book. It's only in hardback at the moment, and it's not in the US, but you can get it on Kindle, I believe. And she has um she has narrated the audible version she's got a lovely voice uh, a thousand years of royal deaths so this might remind me of got john dying um and I, so I, I think you'll really enjoy that i'm going to get susie on the uh on for an interview for my youtube and for the podcast as well so um obviously if you're patrons remember you're going to get to ask your own questions of Susie you can ask about any of the monarch's deaths from William the Conqueror um oh Rebecca says she's seen it on Amazon oh good so maybe I I I heard well it it was being delayed um according to Susie on her um on her podcast that maybe I'm not quite up to date that's great then well I can thoroughly recommend it um you could give her podcast a try to begin with if you're not sure about another book but you know you're gonna you know you're gonna anyway read the book become a patron ask some Susie ask Susie some questions you know you want to so um I also as you will know if you've been following me got rather into Anglo-Saxon England over the last year (laughs) became and I'm, I'm more and more fascinated with it of course there's there's a lot to know as an aside one of the places I went to recently was um the Oh, what's it called? The um, Carinium Museum in Gloucester. I'm going to go back to Gloucester soon. And it's a it's so Carinium um, was Gloucester when it was in Roman times. Um, if I've got, I've got, I've got that name right. Um, and in the in the um, city museum there, which is really really good, it's obviously of course got a lot about the Roman history there, but also the Anglo-Saxon um, history. And there's a display case. And you'll have seen, I'm sure, examples of Anglo-Saxon jewellery. But what I hadn't noticed up until that visit, and it could just be, it could be nothing. Or I could have made a, an insightful observation. <laughs> but the um, so the Anglo-Saxons come after the Romans. The Romans leave. We have complex and people movements and and stuff anyway end up what's loosely termed anglo-saxon england the jewelry that is created is oh rebecca's it's only kindle oh it is coming out on hardback apparently but um that's a shame but anyway yeah you so you can get it though at least and the audible is available um so uh um do we know where we can find British publications of history books that have been published for a while, like usually I borrow them for the library till I can afford them. Mm. Is there any online book borrowing services? You used to get them for DVDs, didn't you? Do you remember that? Was anyone is anyone, is anyone old enough to remember that? That sort of came, that was really cool. Um, isn't that how Netflix started? Is that how Netflix started? You could get DVDs sent to you. I'm just thinking if anyone does it for books. Um uh so yeah so we're going to and one of the things I noticed at this museum is you went from the Roman 
um, part with mosaics and friezes um, and um, pottery into the Anglo-Saxon one. And then you have this incredibly exquisite jewellery, really, really fine detail. You don't get mosaics, you don't get friezes, you don't get underfloor heating, you don't get walls made of anything that's going to last, but you have this incredibly exquisite jewellery. I, yeah, I know, there's my observation. Um, uh, so specifically, now that I can buy a few, I've had issues with tracking down some of Dan Jones's and Illyria's underwear one. Oh, I don't know, I'm afraid. Um, so yeah, so some people prefer physical books. I do do the both. I do, I do the audible and the physical. It depends whether you've got the chance to listen to audible books, doesn't it? I suppose. So because of my new anyway, Anglo-Saxon, um, we're already at the hour already. Are you all right for time, everybody? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, because of my new, um, and let's be frank, The Last Kingdom did get me quite away interested into Anglo-Saxon England. Um, I visited Deerhurst. Um, there's a chapel there called St Mary's, which was a... Um, a monastic institution um and Deerhurst was was incredibly important during Anglo-Saxon you know times um now it's this beautifully tiny tiny place with you know, a few houses and St Mary's yes um I'm trying to think now the name that it was before it was called St Mary's and I can't think off the top of my head um but there again patrons you've seen a I did a virtual, not a virtual walk around, an actual walk around of the church and of Oda's chapel. Um, Colleen Vikings. Yes. Vikings was a good thing. Uh, was it? There's, um, there's another one. There's a new series of it coming out soon. Mm-hmm. It's all around that time. Can't think, can't think. Valhalla? Valhalla? I think might have another series coming out. So, um, but yes, with Oda's Chapel and St. Mary's, that um, Deerhurst, you're going right back to Anglo-Saxon England. And um, in the church, church, excuse me, you have um, animal faces on the, uh, so around the doorways, you've got whatever that would be around the doorways, nice things, nice stuff. Uh, you've got animal face at the bottom. As you walk into the porch, you look up and it looks really um, new. Uh, this sort of she- uh, um, shield, it's sort of very white now and smooth. And that's because it would have been painted on. So that's worth remembering as well, that some of the detail of stonework was it wasn't created in stone. It was then it was to be painted on. So it would have been the Mary, it would have been Mary, excuse me, and the baby Jesus greeting you into the church. St. Mary's. Um, and, uh, but that, that no longer, no longer exists. The, um, the angel of Deerhurst is, um, is outside in what would have been, um, the Lady Chapel is next to where the Lady Chapel would have been, which is just in just the footings now. 
so you can you can get back into Anglo-Saxon England if you're if you're a member of my patron and you haven't seen that go back and have a look it is in the archive so you will be able to see um a look around around um around Deerhurst and Odders Chapel and St Mary's so um so uh Mary first season of the Vikings and then Vikings Valhalla came out skipped right to that <laughs> Yes, so I think there's another one coming out. I'm going to leave you there because it's an hour. So um, I have, I'll tell you what, lots more places to tell you about. So come back next week and I will tell you more about some more places that I, uh, that well, continue telling you about the places I've managed to get to this um, this year. So one more book before I go. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. You'll know this one already. You'll know this one. Um, and you'll see I've got my little post-it notes already. It's Gareth's book, Do Let's Have Another Drink. Um, his 101 anecdotes of the Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Um, there is lots of stuff in here I didn't, I suppose I didn't know I didn't know, which is great um, about books like this. So she only accepted the hand of... Bertie, which of course means Robert, doesn't it? But he was ended up being George the Sixth. Um, he took his father's name as a um a, attempt at continuity after his brother had become king and abdicated, which is another thing I learned from this. Um, but she 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 only accepted on the third proposal. She also gave now, did anyone know this? I don't can't believe I didn't know this. That um Elizabeth so their first child, Elizabeth, who was, of course, our Queen Elizabeth II, was born by caesarean section. Didn't know that. Anyway, it's all in this book. So you will love it. And if you want to listen to Gareth, I have two interviews with Gareth already on my YouTube. One is about the Titanic. He's written a already a fantastic book about the Titanic, which you'll love, called The Ship of Dreams, um, available everywhere um but I have an interview with him about that and that and the what I specifically wanted to ask um uh, him about and did do so in that interview was how come the Titanic took hold because it's not it certainly isn't the only tragedy that's happened on a luxury liner it isn't the biggest so what was it about the Titanic that captured the imagination so we go into that in the um in the interview that is on my YouTube um also, I have another interview with him, which we did about his other amazing book. He's got lots of amazing books, but another one that you must have is the biography of Catherine Howard Young and Damned and Fair. And I interviewed him about the downfalls of Catherine and her cousin Anne Boleyn. Obviously, Anne Boleyn came um, first, but how we can learn about both of those by comparing and contrasting the two. Um so oh Lottie, if you um if you you're further on in the book than me, I think then the part about her admitting she burnt the marriage certificate of Victoria and John Brown, well, it's wild. Certainly we'll be looking forward to reading that bit. We are we yes, we should still be having Gareth. Anyone um I mean he's posted about this, so um you may be aware he he's lost his father. Um so all being equal, he will be with us on his draft to dark next. Wednesday, uh, 8.15 p.m. You can watch it on you uh, excuse me, you can watch it on Instagram or YouTube. I would suggest 
if you like YouTube, moving over to watch us on YouTube. Um, we're in HD. It looks, <laughs> looks much better, <laughs> um, uh, which would be really cool. Uh, thank you to everyone who's bought badges today on Instagram. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Colleen multiple badges as well so thank you um if you do want to support me you can only do it while i'm live by badge you can't do it after the fact so um you've got 30 seconds no, it's fine <laughs> uh, uh doug says it's a different title in the us the titanic one or the um they definitely have different covers as well there's always a different cover i don't know why um yes queen mother queen elizabeth the queen mother Absolutely. She, uh, I like that title, which of course the first queen mother, um, was Catherine de Medici of France, wasn't she? If anyone has watched the interview that I did with Estelle Peronque, another one for you to catch up on if you haven't already. I suppose I should leave you to your day, everyone. Thank you for joining me. Um, and thank you for, for your support. I will see you. Uh, so the next time I am live is next Wednesday for History After Dark or I will see you here this time one o'clock Thursday next week all right thank you everybody see you soon bye-bye bye everyone